We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Diving into the AFC side of the NFL playoffs, that's what we're doing today on Rotoviz Overtime as we look through potential options for the playoff contests, players you want to target, whether you're playing over at Underdog Fantasy or playing over at the FFPC. We're going to look through it though from the FFPC side of things, from their contest structure and how you'd want to attack that with trying to select one player from each team. But we will be highlighting the top players, and those top players, of course, are going to be no surprise to the listeners of Rotoviz Overtime. Sean, the FFPC is back with their world-famous playoff challenge. It is the 21st season. Two great contests, same awesome format. The key, though, is you can only have one player from each team in your lineup. There is no draft, no salary. Just choose 12 players and watch them ride through the playoffs. The $200 level has a record prize of $500,000 to first this year. The $35 contest has a $100,000 jackpot registration is open through january 13th at 4 30 p.m eastern but the pool is filling fast you can you, you can do it while you're listening to the podcast sean but you can pause the podcast if you, you need to do and enter now over at myffpc.com that's myffpc.com there was a lot of shake up sean in the you know the the afc side there was less factors that really changed on the the nfc side of the playoffs and week 18 or potentially even week 17 but lots to talk about here on the AFC side obviously we have the Steelers the Bills we also have Miami at Kansas City and then we're looking at the Browns and Texans and the Texans uh, and the Browns both very fun stories as their seasons have progressed here in 2024 how are you feeling about how it sets up here on the AFC side and I guess to start off on the the lower side of expectations is there any sides here immediately off the bat that you're you're ruling out as potential teams that you want to have players rostered on because in the ffpc 12 spots there's obviously 14 teams we have to to leave two teams out anyone on the afc here stand out immediately to you no i i think that you do have all of the options in part because we lose the jaguars who even as a home team i think might have been a fairly clear-cut full fade now that you have the texans in 
You have the Browns in a situation where they can go multiple rounds. You have the Dolphins falling to the sixth seed. I like the Chiefs there, but obviously the Dolphins can go multiple rounds and have interesting offensive pieces. Just like on the NFC side, this year with all 14 teams being relevant, being interesting, I think it makes the contest even better than it's been in the past. And Colin, as we've mentioned, this is one of our favorite games to play. Yeah, and, and one of the things that I do think is now with the seven seed for each division, obviously 14 teams in rather than the 12 previous and uh, things shaking out. My fear when that was originally announced was that when we would get to the playoffs, every time there was going to be like one team that was a complete dud that, that shouldn't be there. But this year, that is certainly not the case. I think we have a very interesting setup. I think that the Steelers may be that team for me that would fall into the avoid part. I understand with Pickens and Johnson, they, they could be interesting to fit in there. I feel pretty strongly with the, the Bills being able to get the job done there. And this one, I, I agree, it's going to be maybe closer than people expect, but I think uh, on the law of averages of this game getting played out, we would see the Bills win the majority of those. The one team, though, that fits in here for me that I think the players, the people would be targeting would be quite specific to only two. And I, you can tell me if I'm wrong here. I think with the Texans, it would have to be Stroud or Collins. And when you look at those two particular players, if it is a case that they're like, there's there's a lot of quarterback options in this contest that you'd be hoping to make a deep run. We can discuss if we think the Texans may do that. But when the, you know, when we talked on the NFC side, there's so many different players that are in play when we look at that particular game for the texans i feel like it's very very concentrated on on two particular names and potentially it could be concentrated for the Steelers on those two particular names as well any concern with teams like that that there isn't going to be much dif differentiation i mentioned it's easy to get different but when there's only you know 50 50 shot if you pick one of those teams that you're going to have that same player H how do you feel about somebody like the texans in this contest Colin, I think that makes sense when we're looking at the Texans that Stroud and Collins are the guys likely to put up a huge score. One of the interesting elements, though, here is that when we work through the Texans, who are going to be home underdogs in the first round and have a very difficult path to making the Super Bowl, where they'd have to have three you know, fairly substantial upsets, that probably removes Stroud from consideration as the QB because of the way the points accumulate because of the double in the Super Bowl again there are going to be some scenarios where a quarterback who doesn't make it all the way could be the player in the optimal lineup but we're probably thinking about a team that's going to advance more deeply into the tournament and then I think it becomes a little bit interesting to look at Devin Singletary who has consolidated the work as the running back one of the things that you get from Blair's really good wrong read articles as we were through the season. And I'm expecting that he will have that up for the wild card round as well. Is that the Browns rushing defense has collapsed over the last eight weeks? They're one of the worst teams in the NFL in terms of allowing yards before contact. They're one of the worst teams in allowing boom rate. And when you think about the potential for a loss and a loss in which Singletary could be the highest scorer on the Texans and very low rostered. I do like him 
as a contrarian piece there based on the way the contest works and based on the expectations for the Texans in this game. Now, having said that, I like the Texans in this first round game. I think that they are going to win this one. I think that that does throw a lot of the things in the underdog contest up into the air. Having a team with Stroud and with a very wide range of outcomes, some interesting things on defense, depending on how healthy they are, this Texans team to me is so much fun because they are such a wild card. I think that opens up some other things that you can do. Unfortunately, probably the thing that it opens up is Nico Collins, which we expect to be a very heavy play kind of just right from the get-go. Yeah, so you can put him in, obviously, and if they do one this week, you get two games out of it, which could be very valuable because for me, I feel like what I was kind of setting up there is I mentioned the Steelers. The two at the moment that I feel like maybe most faded by me in this contest are going to be the Steelers and the the Texans. That that may change over the next couple of days, but that is my my feelings at the moment. I, I want the Texans to advance and have a deep playoff run because they've been so fun, but I think to differentiate your rosters, I think it could be a little bit tricky with that particular team but collins getting two games and getting the high volume that he has would be interesting but also could be tough against some of the the defenses that he is going to be facing the browns on the other side sean you know we have amari cooper if healthy and joku has had a great season there's a couple of running back options but i think the running backs may be starting to sneak into a little bit too contrarian and then you have joe flacco again so many quarterback options available in this contest we did have a full breakdown of the actual rules for the contest on the nfc side but it is a case where it's one quarterback two running backs two wide receivers one tight end then you have four flexes one kicker one defense the flex can be running back wide receiver or tight end so when we're looking through this sean and it is tight end premium and joku potentially becomes interesting for me on the the brown side of things but again if it's a, a one and done you have to consider that side but any of the browns standing out for you and that if it is a case that you feel like they they may get eliminated this week yeah i mean injoku is a great way to play even a couple of rounds it'll be interesting to see what the overall ownership ends up being on some of these guys because the 50 point game from amari cooper is going to generate a lot of enthusiasm and interest and willingness to play him in a way that his season without that game you know more or less takes him out of the equation now i'm not saying you can ignore that game obviously the upside that a variety of these players have demonstrated with joe flacco and it's just absolutely crazy that we're sitting here in the early days of 2024 and talking about how joe flacco completely unlocked this offense and did things for them that deshaun watson you know can't even imagine doing but i think that we come back to njoku as a strong pick in a variety of ways when you look at his season starting in week eight in the tight end premium for format column he averaged almost 19 points per game he's at 18.8 the last four weeks again ignoring week 18 where the browns rested players he went for 30 31 19 and 22 he is on absolute fire And that means that he's going to be on a lot of rosters. He's going to be the player filling out the tight end position in a lot of places. But I do think that he gives you the flexibility for either a one and done or a longer, you know, run through the playoffs for this Cleveland Browns team. 
We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. I am interested too. I know we're talking about the NFC side, but just for you know some contest kind of a strategic element is Laporta getting hurt, I think, may in turn push Njoku's roster ship percentage up quite a bit uh, when i was talking about the flexes you know in this contest you could have you know four or five tight ends if you wanted to go with all the flexes on your tight end position but in this looking through the rest of the teams there is only a few tight ends that i think you really strongly would think are going to be highly rostered but in joko unfortunately for me feels like him and likely are probably the two highest at the moment with the injury to Sam Laporta would you when you're just looking at the entire picture at tight end do you feel like that is the case you know we mentioned Ferguson in the last one we mentioned Kettle but Kettle has a lot of competition in that that particular team for for rostership yeah he does and when you think about someone like Isaiah likely because the Ravens are the heavy favorites, similar to what we discussed on the NFC side. The Baltimore Ravens are heavy favorites to make the Super Bowl. I don't think that they're quite that likely to make it again. I think that the field is being a little undervalued, but I do like the Ravens' chances better than the 49ers' chances, in part because I do think that so many of the things that have happened recently in the AFC side take down the quality of their competition. I think these teams are very interesting, as I said in the intro, where I wouldn't necessarily be full fading them. And yet, I guess I do still think that the strongest team outside of the Ravens is the Kansas City Chiefs. And there are very clear reasons why the Chiefs have been a shadow of their former selves this year. Now, the Bills, the second best team in terms of Super Bowl odds from the AF side, the Bills obviously on this four-game winning streak. But I do think that some of the elements there on their defense causes issues that Kansas City doesn't necessarily have. Now, the fact that the game in the divisional round between Buffalo and Kansas City will be at Buffalo, that definitely helps them. There's certainly no guarantee the Chiefs even make it to that point as they have to play the Miami Dolphins. But the injuries to the Dolphins and this loss in a game to finish out the regular season where the Dolphins appeared not to have it, but that the game was trending very heavily in their favor and then they have this backbreaking punt return touchdown i think the injuries on the defensive side of the ball for the dolphins in addition to the 
what is likely to be limited performances from Jalen Waddle and potentially Raheem Mostert. Mostert has had a fantastic season. It probably doesn't hurt them a ton if he is not available to go out there. Obviously, HN, the most talented back that they have, Jeff Wilson, able to accomplish some of the same things that Mostert does. If they don't have a mostly healthy Waddle, then you can see how that impacts their ability to move the ball on offense. They struggled the first time they played Kansas City. The Chiefs have an elite passing defense, and so that's going to make things difficult on them. It's one of the reasons why I do like Kansas City as a team to outperform what I think the general consensus is for them right now. A week ago, I was thinking that the Chiefs probably work pretty well, actually, as a full fade. I don't see that as the case as much anymore with what has happened to the Miami Dolphins. And so that game will be interesting. The other thing here, and this in no way, shape, or form takes away from what Tyreek Hill did in 2022. It certainly doesn't take away what he did in 2023, where if he stays completely healthy, he probably sets some records, or at least he has a very good chance to set some records. He was extremely disappointing in this final game where there are about three balls that he needs to catch. Chiefs fans will remember that type of performance from the Super Bowl that they lost to the Buccaneers, some other of these games. The inability for Hill to make catches at the biggest moments is one of the reasons that they were willing to let him go. Whether or not you think that's been a good or a bad decision depends on how much you care about the fact that his trade has helped them build this young ascending defense that could be a threat to some of these teams in the playoffs. I think there's a chance that you want to go full fade on Miami in part because people are not going to do that, right? Tyreek Hill and Devon Achan are simply too exciting to not have one of those two guys in the lineup. But you look back to what the Chiefs have done to them in the past. If you don't have Waddle to draw at least some defensive attention, then when you're doing some of these late lineups and you're trying to figure out how to set it, I think having the Dolphins out completely is a very easy way to get some uniqueness in a way that may not hurt you the way that it seems. Because, I mean, Hill can be shut down. It's almost a deal where you worry more about what might happen in a situation where the Chiefs do what they did last time, which is to focus on Tyreek Hill. And then as a result, their rush defense, which is not nearly as strong, maybe gives up one of these 150-yard multi-touchdown games to Achan. If that happens, then obviously you would have needed him as part of your lineup, even in a loss. And I do think that what you were touching there, it always gets to like how contrarian do you want to get? But I I kind of agree with you on the Miami side of things that there's again a couple of players that you might want to have and it kind of has that, you know, fear of missing out if they do go off. But there's a lot of reasons there that you lined out that they may be a very, very interesting fade. You know, if you did go the Nico Collins route with a David Njoku in that contest, and then you leave out the Miami Dolphins, this contest, it, the lineup could be very, very interesting if it's a case that the Dolphins move out this week. Because a lot of the teams that, you know, have those players would also have the Miami Dolphins linked in there as well. Or else, vice versa, if they've been the Miami Dolphins, they may have faded the Houston Texans, for example. I should have mentioned, Sean, you know, it kind of you forget because he is so good, but he has had a downtime for the last couple of uh, weeks, and I guess for the majority of the season. But when I was mentioning the tight ends, I I really should 
I've added Travis Kelsey into that mix. That was a kind of a slip of the tongue more than something that I intended to do. Well, and Kelsey becomes interesting, Colm, in part because this would be Off your the chance to, to get him. Right? Yeah. This would be your chance to have him on a roster. It's going to have to be the lowest percent that he has been probably ever in this contest. And I, I do think that you want to understand where the Chiefs are and understand the weaknesses that they have manifested this season. But so much of what has happened to them is that they have had so many drops and such poorly timed drops. And we do know that there is an element of actually catching the ball that is skill and not purely random. But we also know that there's a lot of randomness in these drops. And certainly the timing of some of the drops is something that you know we would certainly assume is going to be mostly random. It's not that, that players don't tighten up in some key moments. You think about some of the drops that MVS has had, and you know, probably he makes those at some other times in the there's, game. There's a lot of individual errors, though, for the Chiefs this year. Like even going out to that to the likes of you know Kadarius Tony and some of his issues. But you, you're mentioning the MVS. There's a, there's a lot of individual errors where Patrick Mahomes' stat line for the season looks dramatically different if, if the players are stepping up when they need to. And so, understanding all of that, the Chiefs, similar to what we mentioned on the Eagles side, are an interesting team because you can get a team that has had a lot of postseason success and you can get individual players who are stars at prices that you can very rarely get it's not to say that that makes a no-brainer but it's something you want to at least consider when you look at travis kelsey here beginning in week eight column he has averaged under 11 points per game now if we boost that up to the tight end premium he's still at 13.3 he's had a lot of those underneath receptions those do matter and help but especially with the last three weeks, 15, 16, and 17, all being down weeks, he's not going to be nearly as popular as he usually is. And then you pull up the passing game matchup Raider, which David Cabin has put together for us. His articles every week have been absolutely fantastic. And this tool helps you do so many things to win in D DFS, help with your start set decisions column. We got a lot of positive feedback on the show where we talked about start sit and how some of these tools would help you. The Miami Dolphins have been the seventh worst team in terms of the points that they gave up to tight ends over expected. And that doesn't include yet week 18, where obviously Dalton Kincaid goes off against them. They're going to want to stop Travis Kelsey. They're going to want to make an unproven player like Rasheed Rice. They're going to want to make a running back who simply doesn't affect the game in nearly the same way and as Isaiah Pacheco. They're going to want those guys to beat them. And yet this is a matchup in which Kelsey could get off to a fast start. Kelsey, again, someone, and this is something that we has been a sort of a refrain for us with the tight ends, but I think he's interesting if you like the Dolphins to win, but think that this could be a high scoring game. Now, my understanding as we record this on Monday is that the weather in Kansas City for this game could be somewhat apocalyptic. We could be talking about suboptimal. Yeah. <laughs> you talk about frozen tundra, you talk about blizzard, you talk about all those different things. We don't know for sure yet exactly what the weather is going to be like, but it seems like it's going to be very, very cold. I just escaped Kansas City, got back from there uh, after the Christmas festivities. It is much nicer back here in Tucson, Arizona.
Yeah, I would say there's a, a difference in the expectations for the weather this weekend as well between the, the two places. Sean, obviously the Rishi Rice is very interesting for me on the, the Kansas City side, you know, Patrick Mahomes, but with how the season has gone, um, his point totals like uh, Travis Kelsey's haven't been as high as people may have anticipated. Again, that might give you an opportunity to have him at lower management percentages than we've we've seen in previous years but the two teams to finish off on are the buffalo bills who we haven't really talked that much about and then the ravens obviously have the bye this week and are the one seed for the bill side of things you know Diggs has had struggles in the second half of the season so again like looking at looking at the start of contest last year you're looking at uh josh allen stefan Diggs. you're looking at patrick mahomes and travis kelsey is like that is where people are building teams around. Similarly, it was the Eagles with the AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, um, and Jalen Hurts. It was very specific players that you were like, oh, the, this player's just going to be crazy percentages. But this year, you know, you might be set up for an opportunity on some of those players. For me, though, looking through all of these teams, it feels like the next two teams we talk about is probably the prime spot that i i'm looking at, at the quarterbacks so we have josh allen here you mentioned kincaid had a nice game this past week in week 18 you have james cook but hasn't been as hot as he was in that stretch in the middle of the season and then you are into digs and i don't think you can trust gabe davis or the auxiliary pieces kind of for for the bills here is there any other names for the bills and then are you kind of looking here at it are you are you as optimistic about the quarterback side with Josh Allen, for example, as I am, is there is there any other names that you're pushing here for the Bills? Similar to the Dolphins, I do think that the Bills. I mean, if you want to get really aggressive with it, and again, we mentioned that they have a they're a huge favorite in the first round. I think, especially if they had lost, they would have been an interesting full fade because. They have a high-powered offense, and yet it could be spread in a way that you don't need any of the individual players. One of the things that has happened there is that they have the offensive coordinator change, and then you look at week 10 through week 17, and Stephon Diggs only hit double digits once. Now, he had a better game in the must-win, or not the must-win after the, the Jaguars had lost, in the crucial win against the Dolphins. You also have the situation with khalil shakir going off you have the situation with dalton kincaid going off and so this is a game where they get back to creating a lot of total value in the passing game the receivers putting up big points but one of the things that has happened with the coordinator change is that the offense has been very focused around josh allen but not necessarily with the big games through the air you've had james cook become someone who in individual games was a spike week type of guy I think in an individual one-week scenario, especially if you play in bad weather and especially if TJ Watt is healthy, then you could get off of them entirely. Unfortunately, Colin, it looks like that is another injury similar to the Sam Laporta one we talked about on the NFC side where if Watt is out of this game, and my understanding is that he will be, then it's going to be very difficult for the Steelers to hang in here. Who do you like on the Bills side? I think that Dalton Kincaid becomes the player to watch in part because you probably want Lamar Jackson as your QB or perhaps to go to something even a little bit more contrarian than Josh Allen. 
Yeah, and the, that's the part that you'll be trying to, you know, be a little bit contrarian rather than just having the quarterback that I think a lot of people are going to be targeting. But for me in this, it is strongly Josh Allen. And then if you're avoiding Josh Allen, it's Kincaid or Diggs. And Diggs has just been not a part of what, you know, it's, it's not going to be enough of a difference maker in this contest if you have him versus Josh Allen. So I feel quite strong about the Allen part, but to pair it in, Sean, with the Ravens, because the other person that I mentioned is Lamar Jackson. But I feel like on that side, there is, you know, likewise with the Bills, you have the tight end likely who has been very good in the late season here and has stepped in for Mark Andrews, performed very well. So I like him. I also like Zay Flowers. So that I feel like the Zay Flowers part or the likely part may be enough to take me off Lamar Jackson and you mentioned the situation with the Bills and you know if they had a loss that obviously that's why we're having that conversation with the Dolphins earlier but them being a potential fade but the Bills now with the two seed I feel like you know going to avoid the Ravens until the AFC championship game if that is the case I feel like they beat the Steelers this week and you know then they have another home game up until they would have to potentially face the ravens if it's a case that the ravens get knocked out then they obviously have the home field advantage the entire way through so that's the reason that i also like the quarterbacks the opportunity for those both to advance through to the the super bowl but i i feel like the additional wide receiver option i would rather have zay flowers than stefan diggs at this point in time and you know we would have been projecting a younger player throughout the season to potentially you know catch up on a veteran but I feel like the difference in what they have done in the latter part of the season is kind of astonishing um, in terms of how much Diggs has, has quietened down. So that would be the reason that I, I may edge towards Allen over Lamar as the options on the, the Ravens. And also I think Lamar will be extremely popular. So then those options on the Ravens can be a nice way to divert from that. So you're kind of trying to balance out, are you going to take the player who might be more chalky in Josh Allen? Or are you going to take the one that's probably even more chalky in Lamar Jackson? And I think that's a good way to break it down. Obviously, if you start with the clearest cut chalk plays with Lamar Jackson and Christian McCaffrey for the contest overall, then you have to make more or more aggressive pivots off of the rest of the stars. If you go with Josh Allen, it becomes easier. If you go with someone like Patrick Mahomes, it becomes easier. If you go with a Matthew Stafford, as we, you know, semi-jokingly discussed in the previous pod then it becomes again a lot easier you want to balance the things that you accomplish by becoming unique with the likelihood of those teams actually advancing and accomplishing the things that you need from an overall team perspective there are a lot of squads in this contest where you have multiple options and if you end up with a lot of the slightly lesser rostered players then that mix allows you to move off of things in a way that i think is somewhat interesting and again full fading some of the more popular teams can be a way to balance some of those objectives as well if you believe in the ability for the least popular teams to have a guy score in a way that even in a loss helps you then you're on the way to building an overall title squad and again column you want to get those rosters in and you want to get those rosters unique enough because the overall price here is 500 
thousand dollars yeah so if you want to get involved over the ffpc the two options are the 35 dollar contest the 200 dollar contest both the exact same rules both settings everything the exact same barring the total number of entries that are in the contest and then the prize structure and the entry fee so they're kind of all paired together but sean we finished the last show with predicting who we thought would be the nfc representative i said the 49ers you went with a slightly more bold take and you went with the la rams on the afc side this is why i think it's not as open so i think there's three realistic teams i think that that make it through and that is the bills the chiefs and the ravens so i think it's a lot and i get you know come back to me in three weeks when the 49ers have got bounced straight out of the playoffs but i think we're going to see the the bills make it through here on the the afc side so a bills 49ers super bowl for me who, who are you going with here from the the afc side and do you see another team outside of those three making the jump I don't. I think that you have the Texans, the Browns, and the Dolphins all as very fun teams who can spring individual upsets. I do think you have enough of a break between the top three and the rest, especially when you think about how some of the home games will play out, that it's extremely unlikely for anyone else to make it there. You would have to overcome not only the overall team strength and the home field advantage, but you would have to overcome Mahomes, Allen, and Lamar Jackson. Mahomes, even with the struggles this season, is a more consistent weapon than the other two players. We know that Josh Allen can have the highest highs. We know that Lamar Jackson can be a transcendent player in individual games. Obviously, he was a part of them destroying the 49ers. And I said, obviously, their defense and what they did to Brock Purdy, a big part of that. But then he has the monstrous game against the Miami Dolphins in week 17, which included, unfortunately, some serious Dolphins injuries on defense. I like those three teams. I think the Chiefs are undervalued. I do think the Baltimore Ravens are going to push through and make the Super Bowl on the AFC side. And Colin, we we always, I think as fans, love the underdogs winning. We love some of these underdog matchups. But if we get 49ers Ravens as the Super Bowl this season, that will be a fantastic reality matchup for fans of the NFL in general. I think we would all enjoy seeing that game if our individual home teams don't make it. Yeah, excited to see what happens now over the next couple of weeks. We'll have another show later this week, so make sure you are subscribed to the Road of His Overtime podcast feed to get that once it is available. I mentioned this on the Monday edition, but the promo code for the 10% discount over at rotaviz.com is now up and available get yourself a new year's gift to set yourself up with a one-year rotaviz nfl subscription using the code rv radio 2024 at checkout my name is colin kelly you can follow me on twitter at overtimeart and my co-host is sean siegel check all of sean's workout on rotaviz.com and until we are back have a good one Thank you for listening to Overtime on Rotoviz Radio. Please rate and review the Rotoviz Radio podcast on iTunes or your favorite podcast app. You can contact us via email at rotovizradio at gmail.com. Follow us on Twitter at Rotoviz Radio. And remember, you can always support the pod by subscribing to Rotoviz with a discount through the Rotoviz Radio homepage, rotoviz.com forward slash podcast. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about, but why? 
what do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.